Praise the Lord. Good morning, everybody. How are you doing? It's fantastic. I like to just see who's here and scan the room and say hi to everybody that I maybe have seen or not seen. Dre's due in about a month, so I know it's, I'm sorry, she's, she's feeding the other one. Yeah, it's okay. So it's good. How are you doing, brother? Awesome. Is Darcy working? Okay, yeah. Okay, move on. All right, yeah. <laughs> Uh, praise the Lord. It's good. Um, so I got, uh, I got, only got a, a couple. Okay. Promise. Okay. Promise. Couple. So here's, uh, a question with, about kids, you know, what's the difference between a man's wallet before and after kids? There's pictures where there used to be money, right? Easy. That's, that's a no brainer. And then this is it. How do you teach your kids about taxes? Not that you really want to, but how, what's a good method to teach them about taxes? This is a good one, Alfonso. You could use this one. You simply eat 40% of their ice cream. So, <laughs> taxes. Oh, they haven't gone to class yet? Huh? Oh, 50%. Nah. I, I, I'm going to move out of state, see if that helps. I don't think it'll help. They're coming for us everywhere I go. Did kids go to class? Well, then why are you still here? Oh, kids have to be excused. You get to leave now. If there's any kids left in the room that you've been waiting patiently, obediently. You know, Paul talks about uh, as, they, as they head out. Um, in Ephesians, it's really an, an awesome verse that he uses about our eyes seeing. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened, would be opened, and that God's wisdom would be poured into you by his spirit. I think that's such a, uh, uh, I, it's this identification that I like to use when Paul writes these things that that's a thing that we should be intentional about. There you go, I used it. Intentional about opening our eyes to the Lord, the eyes of our heart, that is, Right? Amen? Um, and I got a, a, a few messages, and, and yes, we'll talk about the Holy... I love talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's so fun to talk about simply because He's, he's uh, intriguing and um, a little mysterious and so awesome, as is God. Have you, ever, have you noticed lately there's these... Uh, so much of what's happening in our culture, our media, our entertainment world is there's a, a spirituality that's moving or, 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 or if you could, I could even say a, an inclination to be aware of something other than, and here's what we call it now, alternate universes, right? Who's in the room that understands what that is? Uh, I, I know that there are some, I've had, I've had, People, not in this room, basically confront me about the reality, the real reality, not the Hollywood reality of alternate universes. And I'm, I'm like, oh man, he's been watching a little too much Marvel. But that's, you know, and, I'm, and then some of the stuff that you see out there, you're like, wow, what's, what if, you know? Have you ever been watching a movie and say, wow, what if? Don't, don't watch the 
what do you call it, the conspiracy theory movies and say, what if? You'll just, you'll rack your brain. You'll get angry, you'll get frustrated, and it won't help you out in life. Trust me. Yeah, been there, done that. But when it comes to the alternate universes, that's like, wow, this is intriguing. And then you think about what God actually says in his word, because that's actually all that we have to go on that is, that is, you know, I spoke it a few weeks ago that aligns us to truth because God's word is truth. And when I say truth, I mean, it, there, it's not a truth, it's truth. There's nothing in his word that is not a lie, that does not, does not, is not a shadow. It's not something that is, is off even an inkling of a percent. It's absolutely a hundred percent true. And so it's his word that we have to go off of that we can and only go off of that actually can, can guide us, can gauge us, can calibrate us to truth is his word. Enlightened by the Holy Spirit. Hello. Um, and not that that's the only thing that the Holy Spirit does because the Holy Spirit's real involved in your life. Have you noticed that? Okay. Don't make me turn around and talk to the people back there. Have you noticed that the Holy Spirit is involved in your life? Yes. Yeah. If, if, man, that's a good one. I think I'll go there in a while. Not today. Because that gets deep. Is How do you really see? And know? Oh, okay, never mind. I, I got to stay focused, Eric. All right. Talk to yourself. It, it works. Yes. <laughs> the power of three. I'm going to get to the message today because it's a good one. I feel like I see, I sense, and I hear the Lord saying, this is good for today. The power of three. I'm going to spend a few weeks on this, maybe three weeks. How about that? Power of three. Talk about the, there's, there's three entities, if you will, or I don't even like to use that word because it's not really, I don't, I don't think it's clear to use that word. It's not actually, but there's three persons of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's something that the Bible refers to, which I think is extremely powerful, and it's called the three-corded rope. It's like he says two, two can be kind of broken and maybe like twisted up a little bit and maybe taken off course, but three, no break in that, and I like that. I like that, and what's that mean? It's about body life. It's about this thing called community in doing it together, holding each other. But there's this other three that, that even Stephen started talking about last week, and it's, I think it's the three that sustain us and hold us to the very end, all the way to the end, through all of anything that's going on in life will sustain us to the end. It's faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting in there. This is, uh, of course, 1 Corinthians 13, you know, is the chapter about love, correct? Love is patient, love is kind, and all this stuff. If you, if you don't love, you're just like a, a clanging symbol. If you have not love, if you have faith to move mountains, tell the mountains to get out of the way and tell the seas to become dry land. If you have that kind of faith and you don't have love, you are and you have what? no thing like really nothing so love is where it's all about and in first corinthians 13 at the end of the chapter he says this i just paul is such an awesome writer i know he's 
inspired by the Holy Spirit, but ah, I just love to read Paul every chance I get. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. And now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I, all that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. There's three things that will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Many translations worded a little bit different. There's three things that remain. There's three things that abide. But that, I like that because what he's saying here is this very something that's really clear is that at the end of the day, all that really matters and what's going to get you through to the very end is faith, hope, and love. And when all of this that goes away or all of it that, and he's talk, that's what he talks about, the then, is that then I will be known or I will know as I'm fully known that what's going to, what we're going to be measured up against and, oh, that's another whole series. Anyway, gosh, quit getting distracted. Is our faith, our hope, and love. What we put our faith in, what we put our hope in, and how the love of God has been flowing through us. Faith, hope, and love are essentials of our life in Christ. At the beginning of the day, faith, hope, and love are what keeps us going, gets us up and gets us going. In the middle of the day, it's faith, hope, and love that is growing us in the Lord. Because that's what he says, it's that which grows us in the Lord. When I was a child, I act like a child, I thought like a child, I talk like a child. Now that I operate in faith, hope, and love, I'm mature, I'm grown up. Now I'm not, and he says I put away childish ways, right? I spoke about this a few weeks ago. There's this extreme opposite of being childish and being childlike. Hello? You guys with me? Come on, let's, let's go in this together. I'll, I'll get through it quick. It's a little warm. By the way, if you're a little warm and you're a little toasty, you just come over here and just like, ah, this actually feels nice. I think I might move the pulpit over here. No. It's okay. I will not call attention to you getting up and going cooling off. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's faith, hope, and love that you will have discovered that's held you together, that sustained you, that's kept you going that has remained, that is what you abide in. Faith, hope, and love, they all weave so closely in relation to each other that each could be replaced in wording and each would be true and very sensible as we talk about it. Do you understand that? Make, that makes sense? As I talk about faith, I could be talking about hope and I could be talking about love and using the same wording and it will fit. It will fit. So let's talk about what faith is for a second or a minute. In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, We walk, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. 
So I, I started talking about what Paul wrote in Ephesians as a prayer for the people of Ephesus. He said, my prayer for you is that you, the eyes of your heart would be opened, that you would see God, and that the, and that the wisdom of God would flow through you. See, it's, it's, it's a different eyesight to walk by faith and not by sight. So it's not as though we're closing our eyes walking around, but we're looking through a different lens. We're looking through a, an, a, 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 a focal point, we have a focal point that's, that's directing us. I know we talk about, um, I spoke about last, or a couple weeks ago about um, uh, the alignment of a motorcycle that I like to ride is, is it requires you to align, you align the back wheel, the rear wheel to, to the front wheel. You don't align the front, the, the front wheel has no alignment factor. It's the rear wheel which is the powering force of, the, of that bike that causes, and if that, if that rear wheel, that's a really tough word to say together, if the rear wheel is off alignment, out of alignment, it will cause the, the bike to wobble as you go down the road at a higher speed. And when you take turns, it will, it'll cause you to, it'll twist you in, the, in your turn. It's not fun. So you want to make sure that that's aligned. But it's the same thing, and, and my brother George was bringing this up yesterday, is, is calibrating ourselves and our lives to God's word and God's truth is almost, it, it's even... It's even more apparent when you're flying a, a helicopter or an airplane. So let's just say this. Let's just, let's just go here for a second. Your life is like on the line. Have you ever thought of that? Uh, do you value your life enough to where it's, it's, it matters? Uh, I mean, you only have one of them, right? We, we, this is what we truly believe because it's true. You don't get another one. You don't get reincarnated into something else or to another being or to another, you know, you haven't worked your way up to this life. I mean, that's kind of pathetic in itself if you think about it. Hello? Am I the only one? Okay. So, so we only have one life and this one life that you live right here, right now, and the choices you make in this one life are going to impact eternity it for you this one life matters and so it, it's a it, it's really imperative that you live the one life right <laughs> hello I, I, th th that's that's not too complicated let's live the one life that God's given you and God's given us as God has created and designed you to live it that's a that, that's wisdom that's the eyes of your heart being opened to living the one life that God's given you rightly before God hello amen so in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 16 through 18 he says this so we do not lose heart brothers and sisters we do not lose heart though our outer self is wasting away our inner self is being renewed day by day. For these light and momentary afflictions is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen but to the things that are unseen. 
For the things that are seen are transient. In other words, they're temporary. They don't last. But the things that are unseen are eternal. In other words, they last forever and ever and ever and ever as long as and beyond time, which you can't really comprehend. You, you, can't, you can't wrap your brain around it, so don't try. So this walk by faith, looking through something different, looking at life, looking at issues of life. Even Paul is saying, hey, these light and momentary troubles. Now, Paul was somebody that was severely persecuted for the sake of Christ. He was stoned. That means he was, he's got rocks thrown at him until he's left for dead. He was shipwrecked. He was bitten by snakes. He was accused of being something that he wasn't constantly by his friends, his brothers. And, and, and here he's at this place in his life where he's going blind, can't see very well. He's getting older. He can't hear very well. You know, and, and think about it. You know, let's say, you know, he's an older guy. He goes out for his usual stoning. By, because he simply showed up and started telling people about Jesus. How dare you bring that name into this community? Cast out demons that, that, that make us money. No, that's what happened. And so this life that he's living, he's, you know, he's, he goes out for this usual stoning. And guess what? When you're a little older, well, guess what happens when you get rocks thrown at you? You don't recover very well. They hurt. Yeah. A broken bone stays broken for about three times longer than it did when you were in your teens and 20s and 30s. Huh? Hello? I have one broken, like I don't even have a real broken bone. It's just a, a cracked uh, radial head, like just right there. It just cracked, and the, the x-ray showed this tiny little crack. But man, that booger hurt like nothing else. I mean, I couldn't move my arm. I couldn't do anything with it for weeks. And just a little tiny crack. And that's when I was younger, and I healed up quicker. And now... That little crack little pops its ugly little head up every now and then. And all of a sudden, I'll be sitting there, like, literally minding my own business, laying in my bed, and I move my arm, and it goes, snap. And I'm like, ow, what the, why, why did you have to go and show up right now? I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't offending you, elbow, but you decided to show up. Hello, does that happen to anybody? Okay, I'll talk to the old people. Maybe you guys will, yeah. But here's Paul, he's saying, he's, and he refers to this as light and momentary. Why, how could he look at it that way? No, seriously, let's talk about that for a second. How could he look at it that way? Because the eyes of his heart were open to what was real. And he saw that that stuff that was transient, that stuff which was really just temporal, the aches and pains in the body's the, the stuff that was going on in his body, the eyesight, was just temporary. And he called it a blessing, a light momentary trouble. Like, yeah, no big deal. <laughs> like Paul saying, no big deal. I mean, I, I, when I hear that and see that, I'm thinking, man, 
I'm griping that my air conditioning was down for two days. Uh, you know, it's really humbling and like we ought to just like slap ourselves and say, come on. It's obviously essential that our identity as a child of God, our maturing in the Lord, our effectiveness as salt and light, our spiritual survival is for us to look to Jesus. Look to the unseen. Look past these light and momentary troubles. What we set our sights on is the, is the direction we go. And that's what brother, my brother George was sharing with us the other, yes, the other day about how if you're flying in a helicopter, which is extremely critical to set your sights on the, the direction you're going, your instruments, everything, and you need to even have a co-pilot it's not for because you need a friend up in the air. It's so that you can stay focused in the direction that you go into. That's going to be one of the power of three because it's really awesome. Talking about us as a body of believers co-piloting each other in the right direction. Amen? And so when we set our sight, you know, if I focus on, and the way he put it is like, yeah, you'd be flying low and all of a sudden that, that hillside has these really nice tree setting that's in the in the distance and pretty soon you're headed right into those trees that's not a good thing when you're flying a helicopter is it I don't think so no uh, I mean my my wife used to like how come you go like this you turn your head like this and all of a sudden the car goes like that. I don't know I go where I look yeah I go where I look hello I mean that's common sense but w maybe we just needed to like think of it so simple like that Let's look to Jesus and that's where I'll go, right? I, I mean, the world is full of nonsense and troubles and, and insanity and stupidity. Why would we want to look at that? Why? So we could go there too? Anybody else? I don't think anybody wants to go there. Hello? So let's go to Jesus. Let's look to him because that's where we want to go. In fact, I could, I could even say this. Um, if, if we're not walking by faith, if that's not a regular, like, okay, how do I look past all this and walk by faith and walk into the unseen stuff that I don't really see with my own physical eyes, but I see with my, the, my heart eyes. If I'm not walking by faith, there is a very real possibility that you're not a believer yet. You said, in other words, you're still focused on all this stuff. I know people in churches that haven't a clue so to be born again. They go to church. We go to church, and that's good, and that's, that's all that really matters. But what does it really mean to be born again? It's to look at life through God's eyes, to actually have the eyes of your heart opened up to see God and walk that direction towards Him. If everything in this life is you're going after uh, you know, whether it's relationships, money, things, uh, prestige, power. Um, uh, the, the, if you're going after that stuff, you're looking at that stuff. In other words, that's the direction you're going. So, because, and that's why it is, it's called, he says, we walk by faith, not by sight. A walk is what? 
just wish I could have seen it and been there. What that would have looked like and what Jesus' face would have looked like. Peter's face and, and then he starts going down. And I know we feel like this. We feel like Peter so much of the time where I'm just like, it's pulling me down. It's pulling me down. And I love that this story is so real. It means so much, all the metaphors, all the illustrations, but the reality of it is too this very thing that he just reaches up and Jesus pulls him up. And, and what's so cool is, and it doesn't say it because we know it, but he reaches up and then he walks with them. I mean, they had to keep walking because Jesus didn't get in the boat yet. So Jesus didn't like, oh, hey, wait, Peter, let me get in the boat and I'll help you out. No, he's right there, and he reaches up, and they keep walking together. And then they get in the boat. I believe that God is calling people here this very moment, this very day, because I know that he does this. The Holy Spirit does this. He calls people to do the things that are absolutely out of this world. Out of this world. And when he does... That step of faith to obey him, oh, it's one of the hardest steps you'll take. But keep taking that step. I, I just, I so distinctly remember taking hard steps of faith in my life. And God has never, ever, ever let me down, failed me, never disappointed me, never left me hanging. He's always been there to, even when I take that walk and take that step and it's, it's in an area that is really scary and not supposed to be walked on. He's right there when I get distracted by the circumstances around me to just pull me in and pull me up and keep me walking. That's good news, brothers and sisters. And I mean to share this with you as someone who's walked with experience, trusting God in areas that are not meant to be walked in. And I, he is so, so good at grabbing us. Amen? Amen. Faith, hope, and love. Hope. I'm going to, this is, I, this is, I, I will, whew, okay. Take a water break for this one. And I know Stephen shared about this last week, but he didn't go in this direction, so I'm going to go this direction for a second. And I believe this is a place where, um, <laughs> I'll say it as bluntly as possible, the, probably more of the people that need to hear this aren't here because they didn't hear this or apply this truth to their lives. You'll see what I'm saying. Proverbs 13 verse 12 says this, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. See, when we hope for the stuff of this earth, we will be dissatisfied. We will get disappointed and even become heart sick. Which actually, listen to this, actually, oh, this, is, this is from the Holy Spirit, actually opens the door to your soul that spiritual entities are able to come in and play. Wreak havoc. Did you hear that? 
that's a truth from God's word, from, from the Holy Spirit. That hope deferred makes the heart sick. And when, we, when that sick heart, when we, grab, when we grab onto that and hold onto that and operate from a sick heart, it opens the door for demonic play. I'll explain a little bit in this way. Relationships are the most impactful and especially the closest ones. Relationship with a father, a mother, a spouse, children, and siblings. What happens when you put a hope in a relationship that you think it ought to be or ought to turn out or ought to pan out or that person ought to be something that, they th- that you think they should be? Hello? I know I'm speaking to, to it, this, is, this is a gritty part of the message, okay? I should have warned you, it's gritty. In other words, it's the sandpaper of the, of the soul. It's like it's rubbing places, it's rubbing off rough, rough edges that you might not have wanted to rub off. But God wants to rub them off. And he wants to smooth those out. Is when we put our hope in a relationship with a father or a mother or a spouse or even children or even siblings, you will be disappointed. You will become discouraged. And if the majority of your hope is in that relationship, your heart will become sick. This is why I can stand up here and share something about my life that's very, very personal about not having a father that loved me, not having a father that cared for me as a father should. And as I share that, it's not because I want to highlight his inability or whoever he was. I didn't even, never even knew my biological father, but the stepfather in my life was abusive and was, was hurtful. And as I grew up, I, I hoped in something that I always, here's, here was my everyday thought, at least, at least three or four times a day. I wish I had a dad like all my friends' dad. When you, when you think that all the time, what's, what's happening there? My heart is becoming sick because I'm putting a hope into some relationship that, that I think ought to pan out a different way than it actually is. And when I do that, I open the door for demonic fair play, if you will. I hate to say it as truthful, but as bluntly as possible, but that's what happens. So when, when God the Father stepped into the very place that I had hope for something else and he grabbed a hold of that, that hope, and he just like wrapped his, I mean, I think he grabbed me so tight that I couldn't let go. I, or he wouldn't let me go. And that, that pit bull grab, like God's pit bull jaws on my very soul is what saved my very soul. 
Because I, now, now all of a sudden having a hope in something that, you know, and, and it was probably some fantasy because I didn't really know what that even looked like. And all my friends' dad were, they were probably just as jacked up as my dad. But when God the Father grabbed me and filled my heart and my soul with hope in Him, my heart was healed completely, fully. No going back. I mean, there's nothing in me that longs for something that, that is of a past relationship. Because see, here's what even can happen when, a, when the heart is made sick due to hope that is deferred. Hope that's discouraged. Hope that is, because when we put our hope in something other than God, we will be let down. Bottom line. In fact, we, we will even go as far as instead of, you know, not just blaming a, a mom or a dad or, or, a, or a wife or a husband, we'll blame God for something that we hoped for in a relationship that didn't pan out as we thought it should have. If you really loved me, God, you would have given me a different person in my life. You would have given, made my dad sober. If you really loved me, you would have kept my husband, my wife. You would have... And I could say this because I love my brothers and sisters in this room. <clears throat> and you know this comes from love. And I love that everyone in this room that's lost a child has walked through that with hope in God in an eternity. That is what grown-up Christians do. We put our hope in God. Amen? Alfonso, Donna, Sue, David, Paula. God is so good. Those little demons that won't come in when we put our hope into something that is not God, that's the biggest one, is the bitter poison. Bitterness is, is what is going to come about. And it actually, it's a root that takes root that we allow to, because we entertain a, a hope deferred. And it makes the heart sick. And that sick heart opens our very soul up to bitter roots that poison not just my life, but poison everybody's life that's within speaking or touching distance of me. I've seen it. I see it on a regular basis. The bitter poison damages the very souls of entire families. Don't eat it. Don't bite it. Don't entertain it. Love God. Forgive God. Who, you might have to forgive God. That might be a step that you might have to take. I might like, oh, theologically, that's the, how do you do that? Because that's something you have to walk through in your very soul.
And what it does is it, it converts your hope to that, that which really is important, that which all the, the only thing that actually can heal our soul. Hope in Him is huge to the very health of your soul. Amen? Hope in Him is huge to the very health of your very soul. And the souls of your family. Amen. So love is the greatest, right? The greatest of these is love. So I'm going to, here's, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to just simply speak through His Word. Because love is like, yeah, let, let me finish up in the last five minutes and talk about love. How about that? Ha! Huh. Yeah, come on. Yeah, thanks for laughing because that was kind of a joke. In Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 1 through 5 in the New Living Translation, this is what he says. And I love this, this passage and... I love all the Bible, and it's all good, but this is, this is a good one. It says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Hallelujah. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead us to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Amen? I just got to end on that because I, I can't add to that. Go home and read it in about six different translations. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 through 5. Let it just fill your heart and your soul with his love. Because at the end of the day, it's faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And that love is us not just receiving, but giving. And you guys know that's how we operate here. Two open hands. Two open hands. You got to have them both open. One to receive, but you better have that other one open to give. If you're just like going like this, come over here, get me. I'm a, I want to catch it all, catch it all for me, for me, for me, for me. Ah, God quits throwing it, throwing you the ball because that's a selfish player. But if you're willing to give it, oh man, he could pour into you way more than you can think he can even possibly handle. Does it all the time in my life. Surprises me. It's awesome. Father God, we just thank you for your love for us. Worship team, come on up. As we start praying and just praying, the Lord will really just fill us up. Just even that prayer, I'm going to reiterate the prayer that Paul prayed for the Ephesians. We pray that the eyes of our heart would be open and that the, the Holy Spirit would fill us with all wisdom and insight and direction and clarity. And we'd be able to see clearly, see clearly as God sees. Give us your eyes, God, your vision.
to trust you, to trust you completely and fully, to put all of our hope in you completely and fully, holding nothing back. And where we put our hope in something that is not of you, Lord, by your spirit, may you just even let, let us know and, and just shave that off. Just knock that off right now. Just in, in Jesus' name, we just cut that off. Cut off those false hopes in the name of Jesus. And then we receive completely and fully all of your love. <laughs> oh, just pour into us, pour over us. Just may we jump, dive head first into the river of life. Jesus, just let us taste and see how good you are. Oh, Jesus. Just show yourself to each and every one of us. Whether young or old. Just show yourself to each of us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs>